Blog Talk Radio. Termical Terminal fans, welcome to the show on another Sunday afternoon. Sangai along with JB Moonshine with you here. Coach on assignment, but JB and I will be handling things real fast before we jump into our show with our guest today. Some show notes. So if you're looking for some professional wrestling dreams and nightmares coming to Indianapolis, Indiana, NGW in Crawfordsville, Indiana. RCW in Mishawaka, Indiana, and NGW in Newport, Tennessee today. So without further ado, I want to welcome our guest, someone I've been looking forward to having on the show for a long, long while. We are doing that today as we are in the midst of Superfan Month. Marcus Fine, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. Thank you for asking me to be on. Now, since it is your first time, I'll give you a twist on our traditional first-timer question. What got you interested in our great sport of professional wrestling? Well, I'm actually a third-generation wrestling fan. Uh, My grandmother and my grandfather, but especially my grandmother, was really into watching Dick the Bruiser days, and my father picked it up from her, uh, but I didn't actually become a wrestling fan right off through my grandmother. Um, I actually became a wrestling fan by watching the Rocky movies. Um, I became a fan in 1982 before Rocky three came out, so it didn't have anything to do with Hulk Hogan or anything because that movie hadn't been released yet, uh, but I like that in-ring fighting uh Good versus evil, and I wanted more. And I was over at my grandmother's, and of course she had Dick the Bruiser on the TV because it ran every Sunday afternoon. And I sat down, I was like, "Well, what is this?" And it's like, and from I was hooked from there on. So um, I just fell deeply in love with the sport from that moment right there. Now, as someone whose family watched the old Dick the Bruiser territory. How special has it been for you to, as the third generation fan, be able to watch a lot of the guys that got their start with Dick the Bruiser still out there applying their trade to this very day? Oh, I love it. Um, There's not too many of the Dick the Bruiser guys still around, uh, but I, I know since you have been in the area, you know Scott Romer who used to be Dick the Bruiser's son-in-law and was Saul Creechman, one of his evil managers. Um, I'm friends with Saul, or, uh, Scott Romer. Uh, Greg Lake, who will end up retiring probably sometime this year from when he was staying. Uh, he referees for a lot of the local shows around here. He used to work side-by-side and with Dick the Bruiser, uh, wrestled a lot of the big names in his organization. So, um there's not too many of the Dick the Bruiser guys still around. 
but it is pretty cool that um, that there's still a few of them, and I became friends with them through my time with pro wrestling. So uh, a lot of good stories. You can get them to talking, and if you get them talking, then, yeah, it's, it's fun times. Absolutely. Now, in our business, we have Hall of Fames, and those are usually just sort of subjective. Uh, whoever the promoter decides to put in the Hall of Fame usually is who goes into the Hall of Fame. A lot of the independent companies have their own company Hall of Fames. Do you like that part of independent wrestling where all these companies have the Hall of Fames and they have the ceremonies for the wrestlers, or do you think it's sort of repetitive on occasion? It all depends on how, what kind of uh, time they – I mean, everybody can have a Hall of Fame. Um, if you have a long-term organization that wants to do a Hall of Fame, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but you see a lot of these companies that's only been up running two or three years, and they say, oh, we're having a Hall of Fame. It's like, well, are they really Hall of Fames? Because you guys have only been running for a couple of years, so how could you really have a Hall of Fame? I feel Hall of Fames are for, for people who uh, have actually put in years of dedicated time, not just a few years, but we're talking at least a decade or better, so... Um, it all depends on what the organization, what the situation is. Um, that's about all I can say. So, and there's a lot of politics in Hall of Fames anyway. If you rub the promoter wrong, even if you worked for it forever, they, they won't put you in. And It's just hard to say. I mean, I really can't go deep into that, but I really feel if you're going to do a Hall of Fame, you really need to have some uh, experience under your belt before you just go off because anybody can, you know, carve a plaque and hand it to you. So, Well, speaking of Hall of Fames, I'm going to pass things over to the man whose father and cousin are in the Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame, J.B. Moonshine. J.B., go right ahead. Thanks, uh, thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm a Hall of Fame then. I kind of agree with that because if you're, I, I don't really believe that if you're like 25, 26, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is more for people that have been doing it for like 20 years. I agree. Well, I mean, that's about it. As long as I've been in the business, so it's like, I'm going to be on my way out here soon. <laughs> but, um, okay, let's see. Since you've been, uh, uh, a fan for many years or whatever, and you've seen like probably a bunch of different types of matches. And uh, all the times you've seen matches, what what is like one of your favorite matches of all time that you've like you know? It doesn't matter like win or like error. Are you talking like specific wrestler versus wrestler? Like, you know, are you talking like cage match or? Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, like any type, you know, like like you know, like the Montreal screw job with Shawn Michaels, or you know, any type of match that you that you've seen. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, indie wrestling, WWE, or just one of the best matches that you could have, you know, that you okay. think that you got your money for. So. Okay, well, it's really unique because my wife and I have seen last night's show in Tokyo was number fifty-four for the shows we've seen in 2022. And I've seen a ton of wrestling over the years, 
Um, but the best match I ever seen was actually the first, or was was the third third live show I ever attended. I was 16 years old. It goes back to Dick the Bruiser. He was taken on a guy named the Great Wojo. And the Great Wojo was uh, managed by Dr. Jerry Graham Jr., who, there's another one. I'm friends with Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. as well. Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. works over in Ohio um, and is still active as a manager, and I'm not sure what he all does. I have yet to meet him face-to-face. But anyhow, Dr. Jerry Graham Jr., and the stipulation for the match was hair versus hair. And the thing was, was Wojo was as bald as you can get. He had no hair. So then they made it that, well, Bruiser wins, Dr. J. Graham gets his hair shaved. And it ended up that Bruiser won by DQ, and they, they actually just got a few clippings out of Dr. Jerry Graham's head. But it started a riot. And the police were actually in there holding us all back. People were screaming, it is loud, it is nuts in there. And I have yet to have an experience like that the entire 40 years I've been doing this. Um, and, you know, that is the best time I ever had was the night that I've seen the riot. And I was actually, I wouldn't say part of the riot, but I was, well, it was second row, so we kind of were involved in the riot. So uh, it got pretty, pretty hairy there for a little while. Wow. That, that was the well, best, that's cool. the best Thanks, part Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, what, what, what's like, like the furthest distance you've ever really traveled to go watch a show? Well, it depends on how you look at that. We have been to Pigeon Forge to see the Micro Wrestling Federation. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the micros, uh, but the little people put on a hell of a show. Yeah. It's more, it's more of a gimmick. But they do know how to wrestle. But if you want a actual wrestling wrestling that's not gimmick wrestling, we've been to, we went to Somerset, Kentucky this past summer. So that was uh, I think that was five hours down there. Um, we hit a show in Somerset, Kentucky on a Saturday, and we were back in Danville, Indiana, the following Sunday for a show up here. Um, we did go over to Illinois, but we just crossed the end of the border of Danville, Illinois, which is just over the border of Indiana. Uh, but yeah, the five-hour trip to uh, Somerset would would be the long-distance drive we've made. Oh, okay. Well, that that's just like that's wrestlers making a drive just to put on a show. <laughs> and it worked out because oh. last year, last year we were in uh, we. We base our vacation around a show, and if we find a show, then we'll base our vacation around that area. And last year, we was in uh, Evansville, and we went over to, oh, I think it's Owensboro, Kentucky, and my wife seen that there was a show down in a small town called Nebo, Kentucky. And so we, we went to that show last year to become friends with the promoters and a few of the wrestlers. Well, that's how we got to go to Somerset is because some of those people invited us to the show in Somerset this year, so we're friends with some of the Kentucky people, and that's how we get down there is because then they'll invite us down, and then we go down. But uh, We were due to hit a Somerset show a few weeks ago again, but my wife got sick and we didn't make it. But, yeah, we're in, we're in with some of the Kentucky people as well. So 
Well, that's, that's definitely fans. I mean, you based the trip around the show. I mean, <laughs> find a show and then decide the trip. That's, that's dedication right there. <laughs> yeah, well, next year we're supposed to go around. We're planning a trip around St. Louis. We hadn't figured out quite where yet. But it will, we, we will find a show and base around that area. So. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Um, uh, out of all out of all the years or whatever, who who do you think or or so or at least in your opinion is like the biggest name you you have ever met? No, well that's easy. I'm a I'm a big Animal and Hawk Road Warriors fan, and I actually <laughs> got to meet them both at the same time. So. Oh, why why um, why are the other one still alive? That's good. Oh yeah, and I got their autographs and everything. It was real cool because it was That's actually good. it was a pretty close show for here because the promoter in Lafayette, Indiana, which is only 20 minutes from us, had it and we went over and there they are. You know, you get your pictures taken with them, of course. Well, I ain't minutes in this because I've always been a real warrior fan. And Animal had that that uh, all those things they put over his shoulder, shoulder guards, those spikes on it. And he says, do you want to wear this? Like, oh, no. And then Animal or a Hulk grabbed a hold of him and goes, no, he just wants the picture. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was fantastic. So, yeah, that was my biggest That's name uh, for the Road Warriors. And if you look on my uh, – that post is pissed – or that photo is posted on my Facebook. So if you go looking for it, you can't miss it. So. Huh. So since you go to these venues and, and, and shows a lot or whatever, do you, like, buy merchandise at every show you go to? Oh, no, no. Um, it's hard to explain how I go about merchandising. Um, if it's a wrestler I really am into and they come out with, like, I'll buy a shirt or – but that's feeling far – I mean, I don't do a lot of that. Um, I mean, we do the 50-50s and stuff. I mean, we support the organizations. Uh, I support the wrestlers. Um, but I don't like buy stuff at every show. For the one you couldn't afford to the way we go at it. But <laughs> most of the stuff I buy offline, and then I'll take it to them. It's like, hey, I bought your shirt. Here's a pin. Sign it. Because I never – it goes in my collection. I never wear any of that stuff. So, yeah. So, so since you do get some or whatever, in your opinion, what what what's like the most valuable thing that you ever picked up in wrestling that and signed or whatever, you know, the most valuable mm-hmm. thing that you think that you have that? That's just hard to tell, because anymore <laughs> people are giving me stuff. Um, I don't know if you are friends on my Facebook or not, or Jason seen that they had a a bull rope match last night in Kokomo, and. I've known one of the competitors for 30 years, and they actually presented me with the bull rope last night with the signed cowbell in the middle. That's pretty – I'm pretty honored with that. So, uh, oh, that's hard to say. That, that's the one I'd have to think about. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, out of uh... – all the wrestling that they have or whatever, what what do, what's like, what do you think that you get into the most? You know, I mean, like, like they have, like, New Japan, then there's the indie wrestling, college, you know, WWE, AEW, stuff like that. I mean, what type of wrestling do you prefer to prefer, you know, like, the stuff that you see that are just the indies? Or do you want, like, the stuff that's on TV? I mean... Uh, 
I haven't really watched much. I mean, I'll watch. I haven't watched any AEW, and I have nothing against AEW. I just don't watch it. Um, basically, anything that's on TV anymore, I'll, I'll read everybody because the people have opinions about what they see. They'll freely post it. And then if it's something that's like, oh, I need to go check that out, then I'll go back and look at it. But I, I'm mainly an independent wrestling fan now. Um, I did watch a lot of WWE, WWF, WCW before 2000. Uh, but basically, once Vince McMahon bought out WCW, then things got kind of hokey there for a long, long time. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. 2001's when we basically really started hitting the Indies hard, and so it kind of just took over. So we didn't care about what was on TV because we were seeing it live every week anyway. So, yeah, yeah, okay, I did. Um, okay, I have one. If you were, if you were a promoter and had a, and had a chance to put up. Uh, put up a wrestling show and did chance to book one match or whatever with anybody that you could book it with. It doesn't matter if they're like living or past or whatever. Uh, but which two comp- two uh, competitors would you like to see go at it in a match? Oh, that's that's hard to It'd be like hard your to dream uh, They always teased us with Undertaker versus Sting, and that never happened. But I would have thought it'd been good to see Bruiser Brody. And the Undertaker. Um, <laughs> Bruiser Brody, of course, uh, that's a guy that I wish I had seen in person. Uh, but he died in '88. He was murdered in '88. Of course, I'm sure you know that. And I was yeah. always very, very, uh, to this day, I'm very disappointed because he he wrestled for Dick the Bruiser there for a while too. But I never got to see Dick, uh, Bruiser Brody live. But yeah, you, Bruiser Brody and the Undertaker in their prime, I I don't think. He, you just can't imagine what kind of match that would have been. Yeah, no, that, that especially in the prime. Uh, I, uh, the Undertaker got a chance to work Brody one time, and that was that the Undertaker's like beginning like career. Like he was like literally just trying to get into the business, and he got put up against Bruiser Brody once in like the squash match. But yeah, to see them in their prime like then, then yeah, they would have probably been one hell of a match. I was always wondering if uh, if Vince would have booked Brody versus Hogan if Brody had lived and once Hogan Hulkamania started. Oh yeah. I always wondered if Brody and Hogan would have ever happened. Yeah, it would have. Brody was turning out too soon. Uh, let's see, I have another question right Uh, okay. Um, I, I, you've been doing, you've been a fan of this for a while, and you've been watching it since you were young or whatever. What, or is there a reason why you never decided to maybe turn what what you love watching into something that you love to or into wanting to do? Like, I mean, when you were younger, did you think about like getting training and maybe actually becoming a wrestler, or do you just wanted to be a fan? I've always been an asthmatic, so my breathing wouldn't really let me allow me to do that. So that really never, probably never would have happened. But back in the days when I was started watching wrestling, you didn't get the locker room was behind closed doors. The business was behind closed doors. 
If you didn't know anybody, you wasn't getting in there. Not like today where you see 14, 15-year-old kids getting in and training and running, being in shows now. Bruiser would never have let you inside that business unless he wanted you inside it. And he sure wasn't going to train any 18, anybody under the age of 18. He just would never have done that. So um, it, it's, it's interesting you say it that way because even though I'm not an active wrestling competitor, I am still uh, – I feel now I'm a very big part of the wrestling scene because uh, – Wrestlers are happy to see me and me and Kelly, my wife. If we're sitting ringside, then they're thrilled to death that we we pick them over somebody else. And we have a ton of respect. They respect us. They everybody makes a point to shake their hands, good or evil, sometime. From the time we get there till the time we leave. So even though I'm not like a referee, a manager, or anything. I do take pictures of every show I'm at, and people are happy to see us. So we are kind of in the wrestling business, even though we're not. It's kind of a backwards way of putting it, but but no. no I, I, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, I couldn't see. No, 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 I, go ahead. I was going to say, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself being an actual in-ring competitor, referee, manager, but – Sitting at ringside, yeah, that, that's where we we are where we want to be. So, <laughs> no, I get that. I mean, we we have a few fans that that at, at shows that I go and wrestle at or whatever. Uh, we have that they're there every week and they're like you know we we always see them. That you know we have the same type of people that just you know can't can't do what we do but are part of the show just because they want to be there and support us and. I mean, I definitely, definitely get that. I, and so, I mean, I, I had, I had like no family to get me into wrestling. I mean, so then I, I started it, I started at a bar, like Roddy Piper and stuff, doing what I can do to, and stuff, and kind of like push my way through. It took me, I mean, 20 years ago, it was hard. And now I'm finally like in there and traveling and doing my thing, but it was hard to get in there. Right, right. Especially when you don't know anybody. Well, yeah, and now any any now any day you can, if you have somebody to front you the money, you shoot their trade in fourteen, fifteen year old kids now. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I've already had to work a couple of them, and then and then they and then they sit there and think that they have to try to run circles around me because they're twenty years older than them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. Oh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then you get a veteran. Um, Say, then you yeah, get a veteran okay. and knock some into them, and <laughs> yeah, that's how that happens. You just have to, you know, bring them down a page. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I see. I have I one more question. I guess one more question, and and all the years that you've been watching wrestling, and and uh, doesn't matter whatever. Um, what is like the bloodiest match you've ever like seen anywhere? Like I mean, like but but you know, just like you thought the guy was gonna die. Or... Are you talking live? Or are you talking any match I've seen? Any match. It didn't have to be. On, it didn't have to be on TV or live. It could be an indie show. It could be whatever. You know, the, the oh, bloodiest match that you can yeah. recall seeing. Uh, 
Terry Funk versus Cactus Jack and that Japanese death match with the blood. It was like a tournament. I'm thinking it was like in the 90s. And they were going through glass, blood, blood, the explosions and all that. And at the very end, Cactus Jack ended up winning it, but he had so much blood just pouring out of him. And Terry Funk did too. I think that's the bloodiest match I had ever seen. Ever. And how they how he walked away from that, either one of them, but Cactus was just he was still pouring blood when they were taking him back to the locker room. I'm thinking that's probably the bloodiest match I've ever seen. I think I recall I think I recall that match. I think I think it wasn't Terry Funk like doing that chainsaw Charlie or something. No, this was in Japan. Um I oh, only oh, had oh, oh, oh. Okay, I yeah, because the one in Japan. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I know the Terry Gordy was in that was on that in that tournament as well. Um, Dan Severn was too, which made no sense because I don't think he was that much hardcore. But, um, oh. but yeah, it ended up being like a whole day event. In the very end of the match, it was like a barbed wire explosion matches. And they were pulling in the oh, yeah. they were in the and and by the by the time they were done they were like you know, burnt, extremely bloody and um you know, I think that's the worst one I'd ever seen. I have seen I'm not I'm not a deathmatch fan. Um I'm I love hardcore. You can hit each other with anything you want as long as, as, long as it's not glass. Because you can't control glass. <laughs> So you start hitting each other with uh, light tubes. The fans could get involved, could get hurt because that glass goes everywhere. You can't control where the glass goes when you go busting them tubes up. So I'm not a fan of, of glass, but anything else, yeah, you want to smack each other with basically anything as long as it isn't glass. Uh, or, I mean, go for it. Go for it. Uh, I know. I, I get you. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm got to the point where I'm too old to really do hardcore matches anymore lately. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm to the point like, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do hardcore matches. I took in tacks to the bat and barbed wire a little bit, you know, chairs and tables. But yeah, light tubes. I don't, I don't want to get stabbed with scores into the forehead. That doesn't seem fun to me. It's just too dangerous for everybody involved. Yeah, we've seen two of them uh, because we didn't know they were having them, for one. Um, the second one, they were a little more careful about how they made, hit the bump. We knew the bump with the glass was going to take place. But the first one we went to, one of the guys grabbed one of those tubes and hit the guy over the head, and I turned my head and closed my eyes, and I could feel that glass just covering my lap. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's I, I don't like. Yeah. I I don't so, personally just as a taking the bump because glass is just you know that that they're shattering the sides up into your back, into your eyes. I mean, and and so or or, or even glass, or even when I seen them take out a bag of glass and some dump glass shards into the ring, I'm like, they don't make clean touch. I mean, glass is you know somebody's getting stitches afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, I'm. I guess I'm out of questions there. Signed by. I guess I'd let you go ahead and uh, take over again. Thank you. Again, all Marcus. right, baby. All, all right. 
Well, Marcus, it didn't involve glass per se, but one of the more famous bumps in Indiana wrestling history was the infamous sign guy bump where I put a dent in the cement floor. We've seen a couple of people attempt that bump in the years after that, much to my chagrin. You've been around long enough. You were in the general vicinity when it happened. What do you recall of hearing about the sign guy bump? Jerry Wilson, if you talk to Jerry Wilson, still will talk about the side guy bump. Uh, I I had not seen that until you sent me the link to that here recently. Um, there, there's a few people who still talk about the sign guy bump. Cousin Cooter, he was there that night, and I can't remember who else, but um, yeah, you, that was pretty vicious. Um, but you did it at a good time, I guess, because you had the fireman all there. But they were all there because they were the ones that caused it. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it, cousin Cooter was like five feet from it. Yeah, he was shaking up a little bit. Well, you can hear the oh. thud even in the video. I don't know what it was like to be there. Well, you don't know what it was like to be there live either, because it knocked you out. But. Um, yeah, you can hear the thud on the on the on the live or the feed you sent me. So yeah, I, that was something else. I tell you, there's actually a scarier version of that video. I sent you the less scary of the two. Uh, you've been around long enough. I know that you've been at shows where there have been injuries, which is part of the business. They're always going to be there. What's been the scariest injury that you witnessed in person on a show you were attending as a fan? We have seen back in the Dasher days, the top rope race. Um, he went sailing to the floor, and they had to bring the strict room for him. Um, I think it like, broke his clavicle or shoulder, but I'm not sure what it did. That was years ago. Uh, of course, we were in attendance this past, so I guess I was in the spring now, where Logan Fertour hit the top post of the ring. I mean, I sent you the photo of that. Or did I send you the photo of that? Yes. Where she yeah, split her head right open. Um they didn't realize how bad that was until she got in the back, and um, she thought she had just split her head open, and her, her boyfriend, who also is a wrestler, got to looking and said, no, you might want to go have that looked at because you could almost stick your finger in the gap. I mean, it was – so that was – I mean, that was pretty wild too. Um, you know, I know there was another girl years ago that cracked her head on a floor because it was one of them where they were both really sweaty and she kind of slipped. And when she slipped, she fell through the ropes and smacked her head. It's a lot of head injuries normally. You don't see a lot of, you know, shoulders. Oh, well, Brody Botkins earlier or in the year broke his leg. But most of them are head injuries. But there's not been really a lot, to be honest with you, that we've actually personally seen maybe five or six, and most of them are head injuries. So 
because they, they missed their spot or you, you would think there'd be more because some of these people do some of the dumbest stuff that makes no sense. And um, if we keep waiting for it to happen because if they miss their spot, it, it's going to be sad to relate. So, but we have yet to see a major, major injury except for the ones that I just mentioned. So, Ironically, the incident with Logan Ventura was the exact same ring that saw the infamous sign guy bump. Yeah, it's the curse of the ring. It has to be. That's what I go with, yeah. (laughs) See, I didn't didn't really put those two things together until you said that. It's like, well, hell yeah, it is is the same ring that you got hurt in, and then she got hurt in as well. I never even thought about that until you said that. Same corner, in fact. Yeah. Must have a must have a a spirit or a ghost or something in there or something. I don't know. Unbelievable. It is, and I'm glad to see she is pretty much healed from it, just like I got healed. So even yeah, though it messes you up, you heal all the way from it. So there's that. Yeah, she's back in very very. Uh, She's very active again. Um, we've seen her a few months ago in Danville, and I had my picture taken with her. And, of course, the first thing I did was to look for that. And you can barely see where she got hurt, so they even fixed her up rather well. But, yeah, she's very actively back in the business. So she recovered very well and went right back to it. So, Which is good to see for sure. Yeah. Now, over the last few years... A lot of promotions have dabbled in piping in the commentary over the PA system to do a live commentary. There are people that absolutely hate that and people that really love it. Do you have an opinion for over the PA commentary? Yeah, I don't like it. I I, I do not like it. We can see what's going on, so we don't need to hear you guys over there telling us what we're seeing. If you're going to film it, I get that, but you don't have to make let us hear it because we're already seeing what's up. You don't need to be over there commentating. So, no, I do not like over the PA commentation. No, I do not. I stand with you on that for sure. Oh. Like we've said, you go back to the Dick the Bruiser years, so you've seen a few very odd individuals over your time in wrestling. Who would you say is the oddest wrestler that you have seen? Well, you see them all the time. There's a... Everybody tries to have their own gimmick. Um, man, that's hard to come away. There was a guy earlier in the year we seen, and I'm going what I can remember. He came out in a cat outfit, head to toe. Um, even the bottom of his feet had the cat, like cat paws. And he wrestled in that cat outfit. He he was very good at what he did. It was just the fact that his his outfit was ridiculous. And the interesting thing about that is his girlfriend came around during intermission and handed everybody these yarn balls. 
And as soon as his match was over, everybody's wailing these yarn balls into the ring, which was an interesting... It was cool to see it, but the whole gimmick was just kind of hokey. Um, a lot of people like to do stuff with clowns that, you know, everybody's trying to do a outdo each other with the clowns. Um, well, that's hard to tell you. That, that's a one I'll have to think about. I know Abdullah... In your neck of the woods, you also have a monkey. I'm sorry? In your neck of the woods, there's also a monkey. Megamondo, a wrestling monkey in the state of Indiana. So we have pussycats and monkeys apparently out there. Yeah. Now, I will say there was a unique thing that took place last night. They, uh, they started playing the guy's ring entrance, and I knew the song, but I couldn't think of where I'd heard the song. And I'm looking at my wife like, where have I heard that song before? And it, for some reason, they couldn't. They did a Nacho Libre. He, the Nacho Libre character, which I'm surprised nobody's done that before. I thought that was pretty unique because he even, once they pulled the hood off, he even had the curly hair and the mustache just like Jack Black did in the movie. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. But um, there's a there's one over a group. If the guy's called, uh, oh, I can't think of the guy's name. It. Skull Duggery. He comes out in this, like, skeleton-looking pirate outfit. And he's it's not his. It's the mask has got a wired jaw in it. So when he talks, the mask will do what he's doing. I don't know how he does that, but that's a pretty unique gimmick as well. But you know, if anything else, I'd have to really think about that. Well, we've hit the part of the show where we have a game we like to play called Word Association. I'll throw out the names of some wrestlers that you most likely have come across in your time. And the first word or two or three that pop to your head to describe them as the answer. Are you ready for some word association? Go ahead. All right, here we go. Bobo Brazil Jr. Oh, that's another one from the. I'm sorry, it's going to have to be more words than that. Uh, I'm friends with Dick the Bruiser or uh, Bobo Brazil Jr. as well. Um, he was in the actual, the very first live match I'd ever seen. And he's still, if he sees me, he'll come up to me. And it's it's just an honor that we have become friends in the business. Um, I'll just say friend, a dear friend, because, yeah, 16-year-old kid, and years later I'm friends with him. That's just unbelievable. So I will say friend. Just a real quick interesting fact. Bo Jr. also in the first match I saw live years later, I would work with him many, many times. So it's a small world, the wrestling world. So how many, how many, uh, now I'm going to ask you a question. How many chops have you taken from Bo Jr.? I only needed the one. Brother, I learned. Because cool. <laughs> one of the best, uh, and Don Basher were the best choppers I've known. Don Basher could do a, a damn good chop. And Bobo could do a chop. So, yeah, fantastic. Yes, you forgot Dice. Yes, Dice could do a good chop, too. And Dice actually is, was my favorite independent wrestler until he had to retire. So, yeah, Dice Man was a good one, too. But we also have that in Tom, too. 
Who's that? We also have that in common, too. Everybody knows I'm a dice guy. Yeah, I love dice. I've seen The first time I've seen dice, I fell in love with him. So, yeah. All right. Next name on my list, Cameron Starr. Cameron Starr is a friend of mine as well. Um, very good villain. She's a better villain than she was a, a face. So I'll say villain. Lake Wright. Lake Wright, up and comer. He's done so much in so little time. Yeah, he, he's he's an up and comer. Yes. Scott Diamond. I only met Scott Diamond over the summer, so. Uh, well, one word. We talked. I have my picture taken with him. Um, respectful. He was very happy to see us when, because that was one of our Kentucky shows. So I will say respectful because he came over and was very hospi- hospitable, if that's the word I want to use. So, yes, good man. J.G. Branham. Dear friend. Dear friend, yes. I've known J.T. for a long time, yes, a dear friend. Ox Harley. I'm slipping on that one. Oh, oh, oh. Hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I Saul Creechman. Saul Creechman. That's an... Oh, man, that's hard to say. Saul Creechman. He's another good friend. Uh, hmm. Very talented. Very knowledgeable. Diamond Dan Garza. I know Diamond Dan from the Diamond Dan Hotline. I've never seen Diamond Dan work live. Well, I think I might have, but didn't know it. Uh, He's very respectful to me as well, so I'll say respectful. He always makes a point to come up to us when he knows we're in the same building that he is. So, yeah, I'll say respectful. And he has a lot of respect, too. So he was trained by... uh, um, yeah, Steve Regal, which was Wilbur Snyder's son-in-law. So he was somewhat of the Bruiser era, but kind of like the next generation out of it. But yeah, nice guy. Shorty P. Knuckles. <laughs> Persisted. That guy puts in the work to get on the shows. He is not main event material, but he is at a lot of promotions that we are at. He is at more promotions than anybody I know of the shows we go to in the Indiana area. Um, It's nothing to see Shorty P at a show, five out of six shows we're at. So persistent, yes. He, He puts in the time, he puts in the work to get on them shows, and he's on those shows. So very determined, yes. Alice Crawley. Tomorrow's star. Um, again, I'm friends with Alice, too. There's not too many people I'm not. If, um, yeah, 
she's going to make it big one day. Um, she's already making it big, but I really see her making it. I can see her in the WWE one day. Bruiser Jr. I haven't dealt much with Bruiser Jr. Um, he's a, I can just say friendly because I, I, I've always seen Bruiser Jr. wrestle maybe twice because I'm never at any of those shows he's at. So I'll just say friendly. Referee Toby Lee. So the name's a dear friend. He's uh, now retired because I think it was a neck issue, but I'm still I still converse with Toby every so often. Um, in fact, Toby made it so we can get ringside seats at some shows that we would never have been able to do so. Um, in fact, there was a show in Beach Grove one time, and he let Kelly drive our car right up to the ring so I could get out because I use a walker. So, yeah, Toby's another... Very good fella. Good fella. We'll use that. Definitely. So I just wish he spoke uh, Carney more than he does. I found out the hard way he does not. I'm giving you more than two-word answers, but then you bring up – I have to say good things about everybody you're saying. So you bring up memories. Let's put it that way. It's all good, brother. It's all good. Next name on the list, Damian Cole. Um, Damian Cole is a, dude, I can't think of his son's name. He wrestles as Raiden Carter. Dylan Damian Cole. Yeah, Dylan Cole. I don't, I know Damian because he's part of the 8-Bit Punks, but I'm more of a friend with his son, Dylan, who wrestles as Raiden Carter and also does referee work. Um, they're both pretty good guys, but I don't really know Damian Cole. Just what work I see. Uh, I like the gimmick of the eight big punks. So, all right, last name on the list, and I know this one might get a little more than a couple of words for sure. Dangerous Bull Don Basher. Legend. I miss I miss Don greatly. Uh, we started. He actually, Jason Maples was the start of our actual travels because he was running shows at Marion every week, and then he started doing it twice a week. But then later that year, we ran across the show in Lafayette, Indiana, that Basher was running. And then I started going to Basher's shows. And, yeah, Basher is an old, dear friend of mine. And, oh, it's, even Joey and Juanita, his wife and his son, they, they still, they're still dear to our hearts. Um, yeah, I miss Basher dearly. He he brought in a lot of people would say bad things about Don at times and all, but think of how many people have been through that dub because of Don Basher. So yeah, legend and a true legend. Yeah, and I can go days on talking about Basher. So you and I both. Now, we talked a little bit about Dice Man. He possibly helped more people than anybody else that just didn't get the credit. 
Uh, he was very, very helpful in wrestling. He talked a little bit about some of the guys that would help you get seats, to help you at shows and so forth. Who are some of the people out there that maybe don't get the recognition they deserve for how much they actually do for the business and the sport of pro wrestling that you wish got more spotlight on what they actually did? I would say Joey's doing really well picking up the pieces from, well, pieces, that's not the right word. He he took over where Basher left over. Uh, Joey is very good. Um, he's also brought in Jake Oman. I'm sure you're familiar with Jake. Jake yes. is a very solid trainer that I don't think gets enough credit for that. So I'll have to say Joey Owens and Jake Oman. Um, I know there's a lot of training going on out there, but those guys, they're both, well, Jake Oman's not really old school old school, but he, he has the head on his shoulders to know what needs to be done. Um, that's where Blake Money Right come from. So, yeah, I'll have to go Jake Oman and Joey Owens. Two good choices right there. Now, as someone that attends a lot of shows, you're going to see every level of pro wrestling out there, from the rookies that are just out of school to guys that have been around for 30, 40 years, guys that have come from TV, guys that never left their home area. Do you have, like, a certain type of wrestler that you most like to see? Do you like seeing the rookies more or the old-school veterans or guys that have the name recognition off TV? Oh, I'm old school. I mean, Bruiser was old school, even though that's not what they called it at the time. Uh, But, yeah, I I love the old school. Um, I like the rookies. I like to see the. I like to see high flying, but don't make your whole match high flying. I, I like to see hold for hold. Tell your story. You don't need to do all them big spots. If there's not a reason to be doing them big spots, the rookies, the new guys, they think you know. Let's jump around. Uh, which I don't mind seeing that every so often. Things that kind of irk me is what used to be a finish and hold. Now people kick out of five or six times in a match. So I like the old school that they put the finishing hold on, and that's exactly what it is, is a finishing hold, not a part of your storytelling. So, yeah, I'm, I'm old school at a good time. Definitely not a finisher if you can't finish with it. Well, it makes them simple out of that stuff. You know, Jake Roberts did a DDT. Now they do half a dozen of those. Um, Bob Orton used to do the superplex. Shoot, everybody's kicking out of that. Superfly Snooker did the, you know, his jump, his superfly, and now they do that and they kick out of it. It's like anymore, you know, a finisher is not really a finisher anymore. So, agreed. One of the things that a lot of times fans may not recognize or 
realize is a lot of times the wrestlers are as excited to see certain fans as the fans are to see certain wrestlers. A lot of wrestlers will instinctively want to try things out in front of certain fans because they want to gauge the reaction of that person before they take it to a wider audience. Some people just enjoy knowing that they're working in front of certain people that will appreciate what they do. I know when you go to places, it's sort of a badge of honor for the promotion to have you at their show, especially days where there are 85 shows in a four-hour drive to get to that week. What's it like for you as a fan to show up at a venue and the people that you're paying to see are just as excited to see you there as you are to see them? It's it's an honor. I never thought I'd be in the position that Kelly and I are in. Um, But you you were right. It's to the point now that they tried to give me their schedule ahead of time to get us, put us, them on our calendar, if you know what I'm saying, because now they know because they know we're being fought for, I guess is the word. Um, Kelly and I have about five or six promotions that it doesn't matter what's going on. You can invite me if you want to, but if this promotion's having a show, we will be there. But, you know, we're to the point now that people are sending me stuff two months out, say, hey, I got a show, could you come? Well, I'll put you on the calendar. <laughs> so it, it is a true honor because then people are walking up to us all the time. Um, people we've not even really even seen in action know who we are. So, yeah, it is a true honor that if we're in the building, they are excited that we are there. For sure. I definitely know that's accurate. When you go to a lot of shows, like you said, they gave you the signed bull rope last night. Guys come up for pictures and so forth. The first time you got approached to take a picture with somebody and a wrestler wanted you to be in their picture, what was your reaction like? Well, it, it, you, you know Ron Kraft, Buck Sexton, and yes. he, he puts on, he, of course, he's the one that took Jerry Wilson's ring, and if you ever get back up here, you need to go see one of Ron's shows because it's one of the groups that we will always be at. Um, he's the one that made the statement, you get a picture with Marcus, you know you've made it. Now, it's funny that I will have wrestlers come up that want to have their picture taken with me. I have fans that come up that want to have their pictures taken with me. And then it's kind of funny because then I'll have wrestlers come up and just start talking because they want me to ask them. that They're too shy to ask me, hey, can I get my picture taken with you? Uh, the first time it happened, I can't even remember when that was. It was. It had to be early. 2022 has been good to us, um, but I think it was last year. And, you know, it, it, it is an honor to get – I mean, fans even want to have it done. So it, it's, it's a unique experience, I'll put it that way, because I'm just the guy that sits in the front row. I'm not a part of the – well, not really a part of the show, but they make us a part of the show, 
And then once they make us a part of the show, then people want to be around us. And it's just unique. So Now, being so close to the action, has there ever been a match where guys did a dive or took a mm-hmm. fall off the apron and they landed right in your lap? Have you ever had the... Uh, yeah, missed yeah. being in the wrong spot at the wrong time, so to say. Well, because I use a walker and I sit on my walker seat, and my wife has a back issue, so they let her bring in like her camping chair because sitting on a normal metal chair kind of screws her back up. And yeah, we've been hit. Um, in fact, we got hit last night um, because. It was a battle royal, and the guy came over. Well, he didn't hit. He didn't land in her lap or nothing. But then he got to fighting with the referee because the referee was trying to get him to go back to the uh, locker room, and he slipped and he landed practically in Kelly's lap. Um, I did have Nate Matthews wrestling. Oh, well, I can't think what that guy's name is. Anyhow, and they he jumped off the top or jumped off the apron onto Nate, and his legs landed in my lap. I've had guardrails smack into me where they throw each other into a guardrail and the guardrail come crashing into us. So, yeah, it's happened five or six times. Sage Phillips, that's who Nate Matthews was taking on. Um, I don't remember if it was Sage's or if it was Nate's, but their feet hit one of their feet landed in my lap because they jumped off the ring apron onto the other guy. Um, I've had a couple guys go fight through the audience and come scraping past us. So, yeah, we've been hit, I'd say, half a dozen times. And then, of course, everybody freaks out when it happens. So, they ever catch a receipt after that? No, not really. They know. I mean, I've had promoters like, I think, I think because we are well-known fans, that promoters are afraid we're going to give them the bad rap because it happened, and, and we're not like that. We know how it is. We know it wasn't intentional. So. It happens. So it wasn't like they did it on purpose. Now, if they did it on purpose, I don't know. We've never had that happen, so um, I can't really answer that question. So I don't think they'd last too much longer if they ever did that on purpose. No, I'm pretty sure. I told Kelly, because we was at a show in southern Indiana earlier this year. And one of the ref wrestlers, there was an actual metal guardrail. So you know the old rule, if the fan crosses the guardrail, they're free game to the wrestlers. Well, the guardrail, the wrestler, one of the fans, which was with us, was taunting the wrestler. And it pissed him off that he, like, took this big chug of water and uh, spit it right in his face. And it's like, okay, well, you crossed the line the other direction. And so Kelly and I was talking. It's like, can you imagine if that had happened to us? I mean, you'd probably unload the locker room if that was the case. But so it, I, I don't see it happening if it were to be on purpose. But I don't there, – there's no wrestler in the – I don't think anybody would dare. I would severely doubt that. I mean, even last night, because I was in a, was in Kokomo, AACW, Shane Kowser, you know him? Oh, yeah. Okay, I, fi- I figured you did. 
it was his show. It was his, he's the one who was in the bull rope match. And uh, at the last show, they used me as part of getting that match set up. Uh, Mike King and, and the gold standard, and the thing was that they were going to come over and not really attack me. What they did was they put me in a in – a, they took one of their uh, – like a weightlifting belt off and put it around my neck and pulled me back. Now, see, I knew all this was happening because we talked about it a few days prior. And then they used me to get Jay, uh, Shane, J.H. Hogg, to agree to the match because now they're attacking his 30-year-old fan because I've been a fan of J.H. Hogg's for 30 years. So, well, this next show, we had people, I've had people asking, you know, are you all right after the last match? Are they going to attack you this time? Well, the referee come up to me says, you don't have to worry. They're not going to touch you. And I just had to snicker a little bit. It's like, well, I kind of know, but okay. <laughs> and so Mike King come over, and he started something, and the referee got ready to get out of the ring to get between me and him. So they were already getting ready to protect me. So I, I was just humored by it. But So, yeah, I don't think I'll have to worry about it. Marcus, we are down to the last little bit of the show today. I could talk to you for hours upon hours upon hours, but I will wrap this up for this particular episode. Hopefully we'll have you back in the very near future. But if there's anything you want to say to the people listening, plug and promote anything you would like, floor is all yours. Are you coming to the area anytime this year? Hoping to within the next couple of months. Okay, you need to let me know so that we can meet up some, hopefully we can be at, I mean, we've got shows already booked, but are you coming to the dub or, you know, somewhere else? I usually do if I'm anywhere near 1151 South Kentucky Avenue. Let us know so we can make sure we're there that night. Friday nights is really open because a lot of promoters do not run Friday nights. So Joey's never had a conflict because he he's the only one running Friday nights. It's the Saturday, Sunday shows we have issues with. So let us know so we can make sure we're there so we get that picture and meet up face-to-face. Absolutely. You got a promise. Yeah. Other than that, I, you know, get out there and support your local wrestling. Um, you don't have to do like we do and drive hours and hours uh, unless you just have it in your book like we do. But, yeah, support your local wrestlers. As they say, why would you support a wrestler after he's made it to the WWE or AEW if you didn't support him when he was local. A lot of good talent out there, a lot of good men and women. Um, yeah, get out there, support your independent pro wrestlers. I have, I mean, there's a few bad shows we've been to, but they're few and far between. So, yeah, get your money's worth, get out there, have a good time. So I, I can't go off and start advertising upcoming shows because, like I said, we're fans of a lot of them, and... uh I don't want to leave anybody out, so I ain't going to do that. So, <laughs> Totally understand that. Well, I want to thank you very, very much for being here. Whenever fans hear the show notes at the beginning of our show, a lot of that is because Marcus helps us out. And he sends me all the flyers, all the shows he knows about in that area. It is very greatly appreciated. We very much appreciate the help you give us, and I will look for you in the seats the next time I'm out that way I will let you know ahead of time for sure yeah you let us know unless something family issues come up we will 
make a point to be there. So, all right, and. I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest. If you ever want to plan a trip around and show up here, JB and I are Northwest Pro pretty much every mm-hmm. time, and I know you like to share the Northwest Pro flyer. Yeah. It'd be fantastic to get out there. And we got a couple of our friends that are wrestling in Colorado, and they keep saying, are you coming to Colorado? It's like, oh, man, I don't know. So, yeah, we'd love to get out there. So. If I'll tell you what, Colorado is red hot right now for wrestling, so that'd be a good trip too. Yeah. So yeah, you may see us one day out there because I want—I like to get out there. So. All right, JB Booch, how you keep that in mind? You may have to get a picture of Marcus Fine. No, that that would be that would be great. I mean, I'm always here in Portland wrestling. I'm in Washington wrestling. I'm I'm wherever I could go. <laughs> All right, as we wrap this up, JB, you got anything you want to plug, promote, say? Um, you know, um, I'm pretty easy. Uh, uh, just like last night, I wrestled and had my title match against JB Mason, that team bastard. But uh, I'm hoping to make my return back November 19th for NWP and get revenge. I'll try to get another title shot. We'll see what happens. Uh, Portland, BCW. Usually every Sunday, as soon as we get a a venue, uh, I will give dates out. I'm pretty sure, hopefully, it will be within the next week or two. And if you need merchandise or want to see any of my videos or want to watch me wrestle, I mean, I'm on YouTube at JB Moonshine, uh, my Facebook, JB Moonshine, uh, and then I got my uh, email account, jbmoonshine.vb. 27 at gmail.com and if any promoters want to hit me up hit me up I'm always looking to travel and wrestle and do what I can do and I'm JD Mason your old cousin <laughs> yes yes JD is my cousin and he's a cheating bastard and I will get my get revenge always sad to see families fight my goodness all right, well, fans, if you see JB's going to be at a show, go buy a ticket, support him, buy a T-shirt. He even has the Cash App gimmick. If you know Marcus Fine's going to be at a show, you know that's a place you want to go see. He's on a lot of shows, so go support all the local independents out there, wherever they may be. We'll be back with you Friday afternoon. We have Dewey Murray out of the state of New York with us a week from this very day. A super fan out of the great state of Alaska. Stacy Day will be with us. We don't get a lot of great wrestling fans out of Alaska on this show, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Everybody stay safe out there, and we will talk to you very soon.
I believe in 